1: Welcome back, everyone. The Conversation live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for our radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in to our online affiliates around the world. We're glad you all could join us as well. We're excited to welcome back Dr. Velma Bagby to our broadcast today. She's been on our broadcast before talking about her catch series of books. Well, she's released now her newest book in this series called The Wrong Catch. We've been having some great conversations with her about these characters and these situations and we're going to take a different direction today as we kind of talk about the success of the series and what she hopes you as readers are able to take away from it. Dr. Velma, welcome back to the broadcast.
0: Thank you, Cyrus. It's a pleasure to have this conversation with you today.
1: Hey, the pleasure is definitely always mine. It's always a, a great one and I want to first of all congratulate you once again on the continued success of the Catch Series you and I were just talking about before we went live here. I mean, You just got another feature talking about your work. Talk to us about this experience, Dr. Velma. What has it been like for you to see how, whether you're talking about book discussions or in-person conversations, what has it been like for you to see the way the people are responding to this series?
0: It's been exciting, Cyrus, because, of course, you have... You know of the co-authors who are doing well, and you you look to see their journey, and they're doing well in their journey. I try not to focus on their success to celebrate with them, but of course, mm. in your neck of the woods, you're thinking, okay, when is it my turn, God? I'm just going to keep on pressing and doing what I'm supposed to do, and in in time my turn will come and sure enough my turn does come and so I think it's exciting the very first thing that impressed me was the response from the readers which is the group that was most important to me it wasn't yeah. the success and all of the other things that can come with this um, assignment but to me it was what the readers were saying and how much they enjoyed reading the story
1: yeah I think that's that's the big thing and there is they're, these are stories, but they are also, unfortunately, Dr. Baum, as we both know, these are real situations that people oh, are yes, dealing are. with. And and oh, yes, it, it goes to a broader conversation that you and I began with when you and I first connected here, and that is about relationships, about marriage, uh, about commitment, uh, and about yes. understanding. Uh, These are all big topics. What has it been like for you to take these big topics, Dr. Velma, and to use novels to be able to discuss them?
0: Because when you've been a part of those topics and conversations about them, having conversations with people who are going through similar issues that you find in the books, in the book stories, when you've done that over and over and over, it's really natural and easy for you to just to put – you know, those stories to paper because you've heard them, you know about them. And so it was very easy to create these stories. It really was. And it didn't take me long to really write this book.
1: Yeah. So there has been a lot that's happened since uh, the catch, uh, No One Wants, which was the first book in the series. You and I have had um, some great conversations about it. Now we have the wrong catch, and we see uh, two of our familiar characters, Grayson and Veronica. Uh, in, in different roles uh, in this book. Well, I guess we could say Grayson is still in his same role as, as kind of guide and teacher, but Veronica has kind of assisted him now on that journey. So let's talk about that with Veronica before we get into some of the wrong catch. What was it like to see the growth of Veronica uh, go from the catch no one wants to the wrong catch?
0: That was important for me to show because there was someone who was struggling just like her, struggling yeah. with trying to decide how to approach discovering the husband that God had for them. I wanted them to see themselves in that story and then also see that there's hope and redemption at the end, that she was able to turn things around and discover her mate. And the mate, the guy had been standing there all along, had been in her life most of her life, basically. And so that, too, is another issue that sometimes we create these lists that pretty much rules out the very person that could be ideal for you.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, such a great point. And you've been talking about a lot on social media, which leads us to a point I wanted to bring up in The Wrong Catch. Uh, you've been using social media a lot to kind of talk about, for, well, let's start this way. Because for those who are maybe okay. new to the series, they may not realize, Dr. Velma, a very big part of this that Grayson, the father of Veronica, uses is telling stories, and he uses fish to do that. So let's talk about that for those who are maybe new yeah. to you and new to the series. How did that idea for Giving Grayson Fish to discuss relationships, how did that come about?
0: Well, it was uh, through a conversation I had with my brother because the first thing I thought about was, okay, if these characters, if I'm going to use fish, I know exactly who I need to talk to. And that was my, my oldest brother. He's an avid fisherman just like my father was. Those two could just spend days and hours sitting at a lake just trying to catch fish, whether they catch one or not. It was something they enjoy doing, and my brother still does today. So I just reached out to him and said, look, I'm looking at using fish as the characters in my stories. I said, so what's your favorite? I had no idea where I was going to go with the story, so I began with that. What's your favorite fish? And his favorite fish, he mentioned, was the catfish, the sturgeon, the salmon, And that's where he stopped. And then I said, well, tell me, how do you catch one? And as he began to describe the personality of each fish, how difficult it might be, uh, um, how aggressive they might be, where in the lake do you have to go to catch one, it just resonated with me, and and I just thought right away which guy and which character would best fit each one that he described because it sounded so real. It sounded like a real person.
1: Right. 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 And I think it's such a great thing. And I think for our audience, as they kind of think about this, you and I have talked about before, thinking about Uh the way that Jesus used illustrations, how he was able to use stories to share these messages. What was it like for you now to be able to carve out your own space in doing the same thing, to be able to use the illustration of these fish to kind of teach men and women these lessons?
0: it really has been fun. I would not have known that this would do what it's doing. I really wouldn't. I I did not set out with the idea, oh, this is going to blow people's socks off. I didn't have that mentality. I just said, oh, wow, this is interesting. The editor said, wow, this is genius using fish. And yeah, I received all of those compliments, but I still wasn't sure until the readers started responding to me. So in the beginning, it was a I had to step out of my comfort zone, and you talk about it a lot every morning. I had to decide if I'm going to step out of nonfiction into fiction, where would that be? And then it was reading a blog one day, because a lot of people in the Christian community do not warm up to fiction. So I had to decide what was I going to do. And when I read that statement about what Jesus did and how he used the parable, and he didn't want to write or talk about the stories. To, meet one, to fit one particular person, he wanted to ensure that whatever he said would apply to anyone that was listening. And when I saw that and read that, I knew in that moment that was who I was supposed to be and that was how I was supposed to write. And as a result, there are Christians as well as non-Christians who have fallen in love with the series.
1: Yeah. Exactly, exactly, and I can definitely see why. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, either on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're speaking once again to Dr. Belma Bagby. We're discussing the catch series that she's been able to write that began with The Catch No One Wants, but now she has the wrong catch. I mentioned to you, I try to with every conversation we have. Hi, Dr. Belma, and thanks to you, there's so many directions we can go to with every conversation. No conversation is ever the same, but I wanted to talk about some of the characters, though. I've I've mentioned quite a bit about Grace and Veronica and of course they kind of yes. are the stars of the series but in the, the wrong catch we're able to get a better glimpse of other characters like North like Muskie like Marie and Cynthia. I want to talk about this yes. because you've been talking a, about a lot on social media well Dr. Bama, I just thought about another question I need to ask you for I ask you that question. <laughs> so, okay so let's talk Go about right social media there. first of all because it ties into what I'm going to ask you about the, about these four you've been using social media. To share some of the themes, including like about the red flags, what has that been like for you to use that platform to have these conversations?
0: Uh, it, it, I'm telling you, some of the people who have not read the book are—it's gaining their attention from just those graphics that has been posted. And the red flag graphic is one of my favorites, really, (laughs) because it explains, you know, how serious a flag is. And if it's red, it's really trying to get your attention for a reason. And so it just uh, shocks me some of the things that both male and females ignore when they're dating someone. And the red flags are there for a reason. And yeah. so that's why
1: one of my favorite graphics. That's me. I'm going to have to ask you this question because I, I am a person who I try to look at situations, and I think sometimes that, you know, sometimes we never know why people do what they do when we're on the outside looking in, yeah. right? But how yeah. much of this do you think, and I thought about it with the section of the book we're going to talk about today, how much of this is ego? Because I, I wonder sometimes, you know, there's this idea, and you and know, I discussed it before, these things that either men and women thinking they can change people, they can change situations, instead of accepting what is. How much of that do you think is ego?
0: I think a lot of it is lack of understanding, to be honest with okay. you. Uh, okay.
1: There was a time we were,
0: we were prepared and raised differently. There uh, in terms of marriage. Then, um, when I looked at the statistics, even recently, when I first started writing, I saw statistics about marriage and the decline since the 1960s. And I looked at some statistics just recently, and it said it's gotten worse, and especially among the African American community, it really has plummeted. And so, when I look at the trans the, the seasons we have. Uh, gone through, uh, we had this period of time where I am grown, no one can tell me what to do kind of a <laughs> period, and so right there, you had a period of time where people just cut off wisdom <laughs> they didn 't want to hear it, they just wanted to do whatever they wanted to do, and so I see there was a falling away not only among Um, African-American families, but also within the church. The church uh, divorce rate is just as high as outside of the church. And so the only way that would happen is if we stopped using the practices we used years ago when I was growing up. We were taught differently. We were taught respect differently. We were taught the, the approach to marriage differently. We were prepared. All of that happened way before we even met someone. I remember my Husband-to-be prayer list, the teacher at church, told me to write. And I'm in the 10th grade, and I'm going, I'm not thinking about it, Husband. I'm just trying to get through school, go to college. But those were the things that were placed on our minds very early on. And that fell by the wayside. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to bring these conversations back, because we stopped having them. We lost the tips and the tools that were there for us to use, so we can do a better job in selecting our mates. All of that was important.
1: Yeah, I think that's such a great point, and I think you know, for our audience out there to be able to think about that, and and it calls for being honest with oneself. Now I can go to the part of the in the book I'm going to get to. I thought about yes. you know I, may, I need to get to the flag so. So you have these characters like North and you have these characters mm-hmm. like like Cynthia who yeah. are very obvious to us on the outside or on a collision course <laughs> and it's not towards something yeah. good. Even though Here's a crazy thing, though, Dr. Bama. People will say, "Well, they're doing the right thing in getting married," because people look at, and I think this is another problem. I think that's a book in itself, because <laughs> people think, "Okay, well, they're doing the right thing. They're getting married. You know, his children going to have a, you know, have a mom." And you know, there's, but talk to us about that. What that was like for you to create that dynamic of here you have, have North and Cynthia making this important mm-hmm. decision, and then you have individuals like Muskie and Marie trying to. Reason with them to say, okay, are you sure you're doing the right thing? Are you sure you're doing this for the right reason? Talk to us about that dynamic and why that was important for you to showcase.
0: What My favorite part about Cynthia is the day of the wedding where she's rationalizing all of these questions. She's asking herself all these questions. And knowing the fact that she, she, her history with him has not been great. So she's yeah. asking herself. In her head, in her mind, there's a lot of dialogue that's happening in her mind. Those were red flags in that moment, and yet she still wanted the idea of marriage to a guy that she wasn't getting along with very well and who pretty much said he would marry her because he was being pressured by his grandmother
1: Mm -hmm.
0: to do the right thing. And so, again, those are red flags that both of them ignored, and they knew they were not right for each other because of all the –
1: fighting they would do right right yeah and and we see thanks to grace and we see what happens in that situation right and yet there will still be people dr velma who say, oh well that was them that won't happen to me you know but and that's why i keep going back to this ego thing because it's like it's like we we see people going through things and we think oh well that was them they don't they're not as strong as i am or they're not as they're not as well equipped as i am for situations like this they don't have what it takes you know um and and i think you know for you in grayson sharing that story it was obvious what he was getting to, and that was about the red flags. What did you want the reader by that point to think about when it came to them hearing that story and thinking about their own red flags? Because we saw that in the audience with Grayson.
0: Well, I'm going to bring back a word that we've forgotten, and that's called it, – it, it usually come around. It comes around every year on April 1st. It's mm. called a fool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and so – Anything outside of using wisdom and paying attention to these flags, it's, called, it's it's defined as a fool because you have everything you need to make the right decision, but you ignore it, you ignore the flag, and you move forward anyway, well, that's the definition of a fool. And I think it's important for us to go back with using wisdom, and that's what I was saying early on when we went through this transition of I'm grown, no one can tell me what to do. What that person said was they pretty much cut off any kind of wisdom from somebody who's seasoned, somebody who's already gone through the process, who can help you, who can share with you. You've already cut all of that off. And that in itself is the definition of a fool. A person who does not want wisdom, does not want anyone to speak positively in their lives at all, that's a fool.
1: Yeah. It really is something. It's something to think about. Uh, So we should let our audience know something else. And, again, I keep thinking about those who are maybe new to you, Dr. Bellman, those who are just not finding out about the series. This is not something you plan for. You didn't plan yeah. for this series to come, but you you have said several times to me in other conversations that you're enjoying it as much as the reader is. So we know, of course, at the end of this book, it's revealed that there is going to be more than come. Uh, what are you excited about when it comes to continuing the, these conversations?
0: I'm I'm excited about the fact that I get to pour out in these pour into these stories, experience um, stories pieces of stories I've heard, um, pieces of experiences I've watched people have. And so when you said earlier these stories are true to life, they absolutely are. I mean, they're fictional in this book, but they're bits of human (laughs) experiences in them. And people have truly experienced what we're talking about. And so that's what's exciting the most for me is that, that I get to share what I've acquired, the knowledge I've acquired, from talking with people, ministering to singles, you know, um, pre-marriage counseling with my husband, talking to couples, all of that and taking those bits and pieces and mistakes I've watched and observed and including them in some of these stories so that others could see that and say, wait a minute, I don't want to make that mistake. Let me pay attention to Chapter 4, <laughs> you know, and, mm. and uh, really uh, take notice.
1: Right. Such an just important like the conversation. Red, red I'm flag. sorry, I'm sorry, Dr. Pham.
0: I'm sorry, just like the red in the red flag. Retreat, extremely dangerous. Yes,
1: yes exactly. And, and and not just dangerous for ourselves. As the example of North and, and, and Cynthia shows, dangerous for other people too. Uh, Absolutely. Because you end up bringing other people into it. And like I said, we're not just talking about the husband and wife. We're talking about children. You know, other yep. people who are impacted by these decisions. And that's why, again, I think this is so, so, so good. So you released The Wrong Catch this year. Are you feeling any pressure as to the release of the next book?
0: Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I it, when When's the pre-order? When's the release? I said, it's coming, it's coming.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah, I am. <laughs>
1: So how do you how do you balance that balance that with because I'm always fascinated to be honest with you with authors who people know have something else coming yet they're still spreading the word about what they already have <laughs> if that's out how, how do you how do yeah. you balance it have, do you find that to be an easy thing to balance to continue to spread the word about the books that are out while you also are preparing for what's to come
0: because you get help <laughs> you get help. A VA, a virtual assistant, to help
1: you. <laughs> yeah, got it, got it.
0: Because it. it's a lot. It really is.
1: Right. And and I think people don't get that either, Dr. Velma. The, the last thing I want to talk to you about is something that we've talked about in another conversation. That is about just your journey as a writer. As you said, you trusted your gut. You trusted your gift. Um, and -hmm. you were willing to step out and do this series not knowing what the response would be, what advice would you give to other aspiring writers out there about doing the same thing?
0: Just don't be intimidated by how um, overly populated your genre might be. Just ignore that because no one can say what you can say, and no one can say it like you. Everybody's Mm. voice is different, and your spin that you put on what you have to say is so needed. Just think about an audience that's sitting there waiting for someone like you to write what you have on your heart. They're waiting to read that, and that's important. None of, it is, none of what you have to say is going to be duplicate, a duplicate of what's already been said because it's your voice, it's how you have to say it, and what you decide to tell. And that's important.
1: Yeah, very important for sure. Again, everyone, Dr. Velma Bagby has been our guest. The Wrong Catch is the newest book in the Catch series, but you can get them all through our friends at Amazon.com. And I should let you all know she has other books out there as well. You can see those also on her author page on Amazon. And, Dr. Velma, how can our audience stay connected with you?
0: On any of the social media platforms from Instagram to LinkedIn, Twitter, I'm on Facebook as well. I have my own page. So you can reach me by looking at, uh, on any of those platforms, just look up Dr. Velma Bagby and you'll find me.
1: All right, Dr. Velma, another great conversation with you. Always a pleasure speaking with you and looking forward to our next chat together.
0: Thank you, Cyrus. Me too
1: more than welcome. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webster. As always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live, and let's go make today amazing. Take care.